Hello, beautiful people. So for the last couple of days, I've been feeling uh, a little more melancholy every now and again, and I kind of couldn't figure out why, aside from the the average. And then I realized, uh, looking at the calendar, scheduling out some of these distantly socials, that there was a, uh, a day coming up uh, that um, always gives me a little bit of, uh, of melancholy, and uh, it reminded me that I wrote something about uh, this very day, April 27th, uh, about five years ago, and why it is significant to me. And so I thought today I would share that with you. Uh, this is a sad story, I will warn you, and uh, does speak about uh, death. So if you aren't in the mood, feel free to skip it. But um, if you are, uh, thank you for listening. This is called Someone Else's Story. My friend Jeff died in a car accident on April 27th, 1995. He was 17. I was 14. I knew Jeff through the Wilmington Drama League. From the moment I met him, I wanted to be him. I cut my hair like him, listened to the same musicals he did, chess was his favorite. Jeff was a bright light in any room he was in, and a natural on stage. I am known, among those who know me, as someone who remembers everything. It's not quite true, but I do hold on to details very clearly. Jeff's bedroom had writing all over it. Everyone who went in there wrote something on the wall. Names, phrases, jokes, whatever. I remember the way he said lines in shows we did together. The way he said words like aunt and prince are burned in my brain for some reason. I remember his mother Chris being a kind of den mother to us all. But mostly, I remember how he made me feel. I was 12 when we met. He was 15. He was three years my senior at an age where three years means fathoms. But he never made me feel like anything other than a peer. And that was amazing. He was someone you could not imagine dying. He was just so alive. I've lost two uncles in the last decade, and I would describe both of them the same way. It's that sense of too alive to die that makes their passing all the more traumatic. Because the overarching emotion in the immediate wake of their death is confusion. How could someone so alive be dead? It is not an exaggeration to say that I have thought about Jeff every day since he died. That sounds like hyperbole, but I assure you it's not. Either something will remind me of him, or someone from those Drama League days will pop up in my Facebook feed, or he'll just wander across the transom of my consciousness. As a species, we've learned a lot about memory in the last few years, and, as something of a human behavior junkie, I've been reading a lot of articles and listening to a lot of podcasts on the subject. And one thing keeps coming up that really worries me. It seems that when we remember something, we're not actually remembering the event itself. Rather, we are remembering the last time we remembered it. It's like making a copy of a copy. This is why things you haven't thought about for years can come flooding back vividly. You're accessing that file for the first time. I am the one who remembers everything. Or do I? If science is right about memory, how can I trust these memories of Jeff that I've accessed over 7,000 times since he died? Can you imagine what a picture would look like if you copied it 7,000 times? How do I separate the reality from the fiction? Jeff and I were not best friends. We weren't even great friends, but we were friends in a time in our lives when that means something very deep. Friends you have from your teens stick with you because they were there at the creation. They were there when you became you, so when I say he was my friend, that means something. He died in the evening, so we didn't find out until April 28th. I remember, or think I do, very clearly. I was waiting for the first period bus to take me to Ursuline, the nearby girls' school from Slazianum, my all-male high school, for mixed chorus. Usually my parents would take me straight to Ursuline in the morning, but for some reason that morning I was catching the bus from Sally's. After a few minutes, my friend Jim Gasparro arrived with the news that he'd heard someone named Jeff Walker had died in a car accident last night. 
and wondered if it was the same person I knew. I said I hadn't heard anything and that it couldn't possibly be the same person. The rest of the day was kind of a walking haze. Jeff was playing Benvolio and Romeo and Juliet at the Drama League, and as were several of my friends. As part of the run, they had several weekday matinees for local schools, so it wasn't until 2.30 or so when my friends returned from their performance that I found out for certain, and remember this is pre-internet, that Jeff was dead. We had tech that afternoon for our school's production of My Fair Lady. I was Doolittle, and yes, there is video somewhere. Senior Dave Kelly was doing Higgins for us and Romeo at the Drama League. I saw him first, and he looked wiped. Steve Gwinski was in both shows too, Freddy for us, Friar John for them. I remember the look on David's dad's face. I don't know why he was there, but I remember it. A few days later was the funeral. Tammy Davis had just moved to Connecticut days before. Lexi Alexander, Wendy Furry, Eric Connor, Polly Donovan, these people are in my head. They played one of Jeff's mixtapes during the viewing, and Dave and a few other guys danced to Jungle Boogie when it came on. Pulp Fiction was less than a year old at that point. When they closed the casket, Jeff's sister Beth said, Oh, my baby brother. We had to leave the funeral promptly to get back to finish teching my fair lady, so a bunch of us had to skip the internment. I've cried about Jeff's death many times over the last 25 years. I cried then. I cried when I saw Beth sing by my side in Godspell at the Drama League the very next year. I cried when I turned 18 because I became older than he ever got to be. I cried when I counseled a friend through one of their friend's deaths. I cried in April 2013 because I realized he'd been dead longer than he'd been alive. I cried at the memory. I cried at what might have been. I thought my frequent memories were keeping him alive, but now with all we know about the brain, maybe I haven't been. Maybe I've been ruining them in my head for the constant memories. Maybe Jim or Dave will hear this and say, that's not what happened, or my dad wasn't there. The last time I saw Jeff was April 23, 1995. I saw a performance of Romeo and Juliet. He taught me how to shake hands like an Elizabethan, grip the forearm, not the palm. And when I said goodbye to him in the lobby and turned to leave, he held onto my arm for a second, looked me in the eye and said, I'll see you. I've told that story a hundred times, but did it happen? Or has the copy machine of my brain created this trite story of a friend saying one last goodbye to another before he died, like Dietz waving to Newton Lonesome Dove? I've worried about that lately, obsessed over it really, and in the end I've decided it doesn't matter. Jeff is in my head and in my heart. He's there when I strive to treat my students as peers. He's there when I see a young actor with an unbelievable talent. He's all over the Wilmington Drama League, in the hearts of everyone whom he touched. And when I think of him now, I don't cry. I smile. On April 27th, 2015, I went to his grave for the first time. He's buried near my paternal grandparents, as it turns out, so I made a stop over there as well. I like cemeteries. They're peaceful. They don't fill me with dread or morbidity, but rather give me a certain spiritual calm. This may be because my favorite play is Thornton Wilder's Our Town, and the third act of that play takes place almost entirely at the Grover's Corner Cemetery. The dead sit in their graves, waiting for the future to come, lost in the peace of true perspective. Near the beginning of the third act, the stage manager says a few lines that I think are as true and wise as any ever written. Now there are some things we all know, but we don't take them out and look at them very often. We all know that something is eternal, and it ain't houses, and it ain't names, and it ain't earth, and it ain't even the stars. Everybody knows in their bones that something is eternal, and that something has to do with human beings. All the greatest people ever lived have been telling us that for 5,000 years, and yet you'd be surprised how people are always losing hold of it. There's something way down deep that's eternal about every human being.
there is something eternal about Jeff. And I will try to remember that, and try to not be sad that his life is over, but be happy that I got to share in a small part of it while he was alive. <laughs>